Welcome to another Snap No Tap podcast. I'm Tony Cicchini. We got Martin Witkowski and the happy wanderer Joe Cardinals back to tell us all about Paris, France. But before we get to that, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I just hope that this Christmas will be the best for everybody out there. And let's hear from Joe Cardinal. Well, hey, man, it's good to be back. I listened to your guys' episodes while I was gone, and it's nice to know that I'm not needed. Um, it was great episodes, and Martin <laughs> did a great job. It was actually very interesting. You know, it was fun to just uh, just be a listener and, and sit back and enjoy having you guys talk about a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. So, And I think that uh, thing where you analyze a fight, I think that should be like a regular ongoing segment, you know, so as, as Martin comes across stuff and wants to, do, you know, Show it, share it with the group. I think that's a great way to go. So, or, or you really, as well. Yeah, throw it at, throw it at me. I'd like to do that. Uh, but no, it's good to be back. And yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. This will be a happy. How this is our holiday special episode? Yeah, we just need Bing Crosby, you know, to sing White Christmas, and you know, it'd be good. Matter of fact, my friend Patty Joyce called me today. He's my mom's age, and he's from Ireland. So that's about the closest I'm going to get to an Irish Christmas is that Patty Joyce called me today. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, um, I can fill you in on uh, how France is and Paris. Leo well, let's hear from there. Martin first. I think yeah, Martin yeah. wants to say something to you. Well, I, I was going to ask you if, uh, you know, your friend Patty Joyce knows Conor McGregor because everybody in Ireland knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, Patty lives here in Chicago, but no, he probably doesn't know Conor McGregor, nor, oh, no, he doesn't like him. We talked about that. He does not like him. We talked about that once before. I recall this now because he didn't like his attitude. So he thought he was a... Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that because like whenever I meet up with... I have a close friend of mine who's Irish and he always drops on me a bunch of Conor McGregor news because again, he's like the number one or you know number two celebrity in Ireland. And it's a very... Uh, uh, you know, uh, polarizing because a lot of people just don't like him because of his attitude. Like it's a lot of, yeah. you know, humble, hardworking people. And now he's back in the news because they're talking about setting up a fight between him and uh, uh, Jake Paul. So, you know, he's again, top of the Irish news cycle. Huh. Well, we'll see what happens with that, but let's hear what, uh, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. He's been gone so long. Joe Cardinal. Let's, or should we, now, wait a minute now. You, maybe you've taken on this French culture, you know, because I remember when you used to pass yourself off as being Jewish and that you, you, you outgrew that. And then I thought you were claiming to be from Spain and then you've outgrown that. Are you French now or what are you? Uh, well, I wouldn't mind being it. I mean, actually, uh, I, well, let me start off by just kind of 
I have to state the obvious, you know, you know, you hear how great it is or whatever, but it's no Cleveland, you know, yeah. I mean, I was there and, you, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's world-class cities and then there's world-class cities, if you know what I mean. I uh, you know, I, I did check around for a Roman burger. They did not have anything like <laughs> it. Um, so that was, yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of disappointments in that realm, in that regard, but I had to set my, so after being there and realizing, okay, it's not going to be the Cleveland experience reset your expectations <laughs> take it down a notch joe um yeah no it was it was you know uh, i would just say believe the hype uh you know there's a reason why they call paris the capital of the world for a while i mean there's a handful of cities that for whatever their era was you know that was considered that and it makes sense um you know i was there we were there obviously not too long ago and the weather was very comparable to chicago it was although chicago's gotten a lot worse in the last couple of days now man it's it's we've gotten some Arctic stuff going on, but the normal December weather of like being in the 30s and kind of overcast, uh, which worked out perfect because it chased away a lot of the um, tourists, you know, like so I basically I did all the tourist stuff. I tried to pack it all in. I was there for a, a friend's wedding. It was kind of a last minute decision. We decided to break the piggy bank and support these people because they're, they're really good people and, and friends of ours. Originally, I didn't want to do it just because it was going to be such a big you know, production and whatnot. But uh, if I was going to go, like I said, I never really planned on going. This was never on my list of things. Like I think places like, I think Italy was always on the top of my list to visit just of all the historical and artwork there. And then maybe Japan were some of the other lists uh, on lists. So this wasn't necessarily something I'd put, you know, in, in my top three to visit for no particular reason, but I'm really glad I did. And like I said, in the kind of less than a week's time because of the flight and the wedding and other stuff going on, we really packed in everything we could in northern uh, northern France. So we actually went outside of Paris a couple days. We went to um, a place that borders on um, Normandy and Brittany. It's, uh, it's like what they call uh, a tidal island. So when the tide goes out, it becomes an island and it's a fortress. fortress. Um, it's called Mont Saint Michel or Mount uh, Saint Michael is the translation, but it's been like a fortification protecting this river for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they, they just keep building onto it. So it's this really cool medieval castle island, basically that's uh, it's been there forever. And I just you know I love that kind of stuff. I I tend to go more for sightseeing, like I want to see all the big sites and all the architecture and stuff and neighborhoods. Uh, so that was like that was four hours from Paris, so it was a four hour drive there we did a tour bus and then so you basically spend that killed one whole day and then the other day uh we went to the loire valley which is there's a river that divides um northern france north and the south basically and it's a very strategic geographical feature because it's it's a wide river but it's shallow so you know uh invading armies whether they're coming from the north like the british were coming from the north or like the Romans would come up from the south to try and get at Paris. It's too shallow for a boat to cross. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, it was also long enough that, like, basically armies would get bogged down and it became a natural defensive territory where they'd build all these castles along it to kind of fight off whoever was invading. And so over time, these castles became these really elaborate, you know, like uh, mansions and chateaus for the, the royalty of France. And so we did a tour of that and did some wine tasting there you know, very fancy, which, you know, I'm a fancy guy, if anybody knows me from this podcast. Um, and so that, was well, really yeah, yeah, I, I know that you taste wine by the bottle. 
Exactly. <laughs> By the box. By the box, actually. I prefer, you know, uh, any box wine that the audience wants to send in. I'd appreciate it. Um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Beautiful. Like I said, just beautiful. At some point, Tony, I'll show you the pictures. I've got like a, I, I had like, I said, in the, less than a week, I took like 3,000 pictures on my oh, phone. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, once you got a once you got a phone, you know, you just kind of snap away at will. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, back in the day when you and I were like we were old enough where you had rolls of film and you had to like be really careful about how many you'd, you. But this one, when you got a camera phone, I was just snapping constantly. But I got it down to like about a hundred that I can show, so I can get those. You know, so I won't bore you with a slideshow. Um, so we did that. Of course, then the day of the wedding, that morning, uh, we did the Eiffel Tower, which was really cool. And again, it was cold out, so not a lot of people wanted. To be there you know like i you hear about all these long lines i maybe waited you know a couple 10 minute lines and i was already up at the top you know like the, taking the elevator up at the top and the views are awesome i mean you are out and exposed you know it's much like the empire state building if you've ever been to the top of that like in chicago we have the tall buildings but it's all enclosed uh you know probably because just the weather is ridiculous but there it was pretty cold too but like i said you, you went out there you got your looks and you got the hell out of there because it was just so cold with the wind and everything, but beautiful. Uh, it was just awesome. Uh, the wedding was great. Uh, they had, you know, it was a small event because it was like a destination thing. And so maybe they had like 20, 30 people at most. Um, but it was nice. It was very classy. They had like this five piece, like for the reception, this five piece kind of jazzy cover band, like acoustic jazz. I'll, I, I'll send you some of the music, Tony. I think you'd dig it. But it was like, it finally made... It's like, wow, you know, if I could grow up to be a musician, I'd like to be in a cover band like that. It just was like really like classy and fun. And then they had like a DJ for the dancing, which I think was a really good mix. But anyways, the wedding was really cool. Um, and then the last full day we had there, we went to the Arch de Triumph, which is this, you know, giant arch, obviously. Uh, but it's big. Like I've seen some arches like in New York City and some other places. This This one takes the cake. It's actually so big, I guess, apparently, after, during the parade for World War One, one of the pilots threw his, flew his biplane through it, which is pretty cool. I would have loved to have seen that. Um, but anyways, you can actually go up on top of it. So you can go, like, it's about 10 stories. You can take the stairs up and, you know, get some great views of the city. So I have some awesome pictures from up there, too. And then, so we did that in the morning. And then we went to the Louvre for the rest of the afternoon. And so the Louvre is the world's biggest art museum and to give you kind of some scale of the floor space uh chicago has the museum of science and industry the it has basically twice the amount of floor space as that to give you an idea of the scale of it just massive and um so we did like a three-hour guided tour there uh saw the mona lisa saw the venus de milo um and uh we then spent another three hours roaming on our own you know and i was exhausted and lost for a good portion of it because you can just get lost. I mean, they have stuff from every, actually just random fascinating stuff is in the Louvre. Like we were just wandering around in this one section of Middle Eastern stuff and they had the code of Hammurabi, like the original code of Hammurabi was just there. It was unprotected by glass. You know, like I could have reached out and touched it if I wanted to. Now, maybe there was like some laser that would have cut off my arm or something. But I just, you know, you would expect it to be in protected glass, this historical um, significant, you know, artifact. But just crazy the amount of stuff that they have, you know, collected. And some people would say looted from around the world. Uh, but yeah, just like I said, stunning, stunning um, 
you know, and I, I didn't, obviously I didn't see the real Paris where people live. I, I was mostly in the historical area, you know, the uh, historical slash tourist areas. Uh, but yeah, it, it, they exceeded expectations and considering how beautiful it was and what I would consider mediocre weather, I, I can't imagine what it's like in the spring, you know, when everything's in bloom. So uh, it was definitely, definitely well worth it. Um, so yeah, can't recommend it enough. Trying to think Did of you anything. stay at a hotel or somebody's house? Hotel. So we, we actually got a Costco package that we had last minute. Like I said, we didn't have much time planning. So Costco had kind of like a plane trip slash a hotel, uh, all encompassed deal to get you there. Um, and I'll say this is that everybody was really, really nice and uh, helpful. So we, I didn't run into any of the like cliche rudeness of like, you know, uh, because I, you know, they knew I was American or I was a tourist and didn't speak the language. Now I did try, you know, I'd say bonjour, monsieur, and, you know, I'd say some stuff like that, s'il vous plaît, and, and, you know, you just try, and they're like, okay, this guy is, maybe, you know, he's either American or special needs or whatever his issue is, we'll help <laughs> him, you know, and uh, everybody listen was very helpful, uh, uh, and I had a great time. I actually took a lot of the, the, the L train around. They actually had an elevated slash subway train, um, you know, at all times of the day and night, too, because we, like, the the wedding, when we left the wedding at like midnight or one, it was just, we could not get a cab, but we were like a block away from the, the train. So we just took the train, you know, even at night and the, the train stops were clean and nice. Um, no problems. It was very easy. I mean, I'm used to, you know, a public transportation from Chicago. So it was, it was kind of easy to figure out, you know, even though I didn't, you know, there was some language barriers, but no problem. So uh, getting around Paris was easy in that regard. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would say anybody feel comfortable going. I can't speak to like, you know, if you travel during the peak of season, like, you know, if it's, it could be that they maybe get a little rude or tired of Americans when they're swamped in the summertime, you know, but when we were there, it was like, no problem, you know, no problem at all. And you literally you could spend, you know, you really needed to be there much longer. Uh, you know, we just really scratched the surface. So. Well, that's any town really. You, you've yeah. you've got to be, in a major city or a big city a month, you know, you know, whatever, but yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, of course I wouldn't mind going to Paris at all. My thing is I would love to do a seminar uh, in Italy. You know, that, that would be my thing, you know, to be able to do a, a, a fighting seminar, martial arts seminar, catch wrestling, whatever they want to label it uh, in Italy would be, um, you know, like a dream come true for me. Uh, that would be fantastic. But also, you know, if, if, if I was lucky enough to do a little tour of, of Europe, you know, like I got students and dear Paul Dodds, of course, uh, in, in the UK, we have Paolo Giordani, my Italian, but he lives in, in, in Sweden, Stockholm, um, and Asia, I got students, but in Europe, it would, it would be awesome to be able to just see, you know, these, you know, France and, you know, maybe, um, you know, Vienna, we were talking about, I heard great things about Vienna, Austria, Germany, Italy, you know, and, in in you know, parts of Yugoslavia, the old Yugoslavia, you know. Oh yeah. Every, every one of those cities is packed with some culture and things to see. And I'm sure, sure there's, loads. so Martin, what countries in Europe have you been or have not? Like, is it easier to say the ones you haven't been to? How much traveling did you do when you lived there? 
Uh, well, they, quite a bit, but you know, I, I wanted first to congratulate you on keeping France safe because as soon as you left, there was a shooting out there in Paris. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So good job. But yeah, Europe is really easy to um, to travel around because of uh, they have like a more developed train system, and it's not necessarily nicer, but it just goes to more places. Um, you know, like uh, here, we're like you can look up two big cities, and there is no guarantee that there is a train line connecting them. In Europe, you can just kind of get around. So like, for example, I would take a train from Munich to Prague, or I took a train from Munich to, to Vienna, and it's all like very accessible. And it makes more sense than like dragging your luggage around to an airport, especially with all the security checks, all that kind of stuff. So once you're in Europe, you, you're kind of like a hop and a skip away. And all those places are great, maybe not for you know, a month, but for like at least a week, almost any town has is, is got sufficient stuff in it. Yeah, that'd be, that's, you know, I don't know. Well, personally, I'm, I'm sure this has happened. I don't recall, but I don't remember anybody here, Americans, that did a European tour. I, again, maybe it happened years ago. I don't remember. But I, I know that, like, um, I've had, like, Jerry Sigler and others that have flown to Italy for accordions. And then I know that Jerry took his wife to Vienna. Um, but not all at the same time, you know, it's several trips back and forth. But um, yeah, it's interesting because a lot of Europe is connected like we are with the, with our states in America. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of easier to travel when you're over there. Like Martin said. They do a better job with trains than we do. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, you know, if the... you take a train from Detroit to, to Chicago and this, actually happened this past marathon people tried to do that and it took them 13 hours and they got stuck and they abandoned the train somewhere in indiana because you know the tracks went out that doesn't really happen in europe or if it does there's alternatives here you're kind of stuck on that train and if it doesn't work you got to get out yeah i've taken the train to st louis i've taken a train to new york um and then i had to take a train back from indiana when um uh the car got rear-ended in total, demolished, and I couldn't get back home. Um, that's when I was still married, so her it was her car, and we ended up taking a train back from there. But that was, you know, that was just a few hours there. But the, the New York trip was fun for me. I met somebody on the train. I had a good time. It was fun. It was a fun, it was, it was a good trip. Going there, coming back was, yeah, not so much. Yeah, you mentioned Paul Dodds in England. I Thinking about it, that would be like to me as like an English speaker, kind of a per, like England would be the a great place. Like if you could set up for a while, and that would be like your home base, and then you could just from there hop, skip, and jump to whatever like the, whatever weekend. You know, you could do little short trips to um, different countries. Like you know, bam, shoot over to, to Germany or shoot over to to Italy from England. You know, instead of coming all the way back to the U.S., if you could somehow finagle it so you had like you know seminars, know, yeah, like like or, or like like you're doing a residency at Paul Dodd school for like a month or two, like whatever it is, then you could like, well, he doesn't have a school, but I get your point. That would be yeah, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you could, you could, you could hop over because all those things are so close, you know, instead of coming all the way back and there, sure. you know, that, that would be the ideal. And then you could, like I said, you have the kind of like not have the stress of the language barrier. Although well, we need to reach out to these, the students and, and, and school owners in Europe, because as if, you know, in 2023, I, I just got to get my, uh, passport uh, together which only takes a uh, six weeks um 
I'll be able to travel, you know, and that would be kind of interesting to do, uh, you know, and yeah, make like, yeah, get like a little home base and then stay out there and travel a little bit. I doubt it's going to happen, but that'd be something that would be cool. Actually, you know, I, it really would be. Yeah, that, that, that'd be the ticket. And, um, and I'll say, so how this was too. the food? Let's talk about the food and, and the, just talk about that stuff. Well, and that was the one thing that we didn't do a great job of planning. Um, you know, sometimes you'd end up in some of these areas that were like more touristy. And so the food wasn't as, you know, as um, great as you had hoped. Um, but we did do, we did one night uh, select this uh, Michelin recommended. It wasn't like a Michelin star restaurant, but a Michelin recommended one. And fantastic, off the charts. Um, you know, it was kind of a little bit off the beaten path from the Louvre, uh, but far enough away. And it was just small, intimate, beautiful lighting. And again, the the, the wait staff there was super helpful, basically working us through the menu, uh, explaining what everything was, um, and then helping us pair wine with it. Um, but as a whole, that was one of the things where uh, you know, I did a poor job of preparing and researching where to eat because um, there's a kind of fine balance that, like, yeah, if you had a lot of money to blow, you could probably find some great places. But it's finding the places that balance that, um, uh, you know, price to to, to taste. Um, you know, I did have a crepe at one little small town we stopped at. Wasn't I wasn't really thrilled by it. You know, I didn't do the dessert kind because a lot of them have like you know, dessert type stuff. I tried to have like a more savory one and with vegetables, it didn't really work out. Um, the wine was great. The wine was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I don't have like any, besides that one restaurant, I wouldn't have one to really recommend um, per se. So that was the only unfortunate thing is like, again, if you're really going to do a trip like this, the ideal thing is you have some time to map it out. Because a lot of times we didn't know where where we were going to like where we we're going to be where the food was you know and things like that um especially because our initial flight was delayed so a lot of things got bumped and shifted around so yeah i don't have too much to comment on but yeah that one meal <laughs> ranks up there with one of the best meals i've ever had in my life they had this really tasty beef dish that was awesome um and again yeah we had like wine different wine with each course so um you know uh definitely fantastic and and I'll say this too, if you do end up over there, you know, as a celebrity, Tony, much like myself, you know, <laughs> as a celebrity with this podcast, everybody was respectful. Everybody just uh, let me be a normal person. You know, no one was good. snapping pictures of me. Uh, they really, you know, like the, the, the whole thing about the paparazzi, again, that's a lot of myths. They let me be myself and be just like a normal person there, which I really appreciate it, you know, uh, just a go. So it's something you won't have to worry about either when you go there. So. Yeah, because we're treated more like we're abnormal over here. So that would be kind of nice over there. Right. You know, with the, the police stops and all the Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it gets to be tiresome when you go out. But uh, no, yeah, I, uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I, I wish, like I said, I just wish I'd been had more time to plan and more time to stay. But you, you get what you can. You know, we I was really happy to be there for this uh, this couple. You know, I said uh, they ended up doing a really classy service, a really great time. And um, yeah, and where are they from? Where do they live? It, for, oh, know, they're normal. they're Chicagoans. I mean, they're oh. you know, they're Chicagoans, and um, uh, yeah, I think you know, this was their you know, obviously their big day, and they wanted. And I think they had traveled 
a couple times uh, to Paris. And so they want to have the big, you know, romantic nice. kind of thing. And, you know, I can't blame them. It was their day. And, you know, there's something to be said for having like a smaller ceremony, you know, like instead of having, you know, whatever, a hundred guests or whatever, I mean, it's different ways of doing it. Cause sometimes it's nice to have a big inclusive wedding where every, all your friends and, and loved ones can be there to share the, the day with you. But also, I mean, they're a little bit older, you know, well, I guess not. I mean, we're all much older than them, but um, yeah. So doing kind of a classy, nice destination wedding, I could see the appeal of that. So um, that was very cool. So yeah, that was, that was the highlights basically. Do you know that I wrote a Parisian waltz? years ago oh, really called the lights of paris on the accordion i have a recording of it somewhere um yep and i'm not a songwriter i'm an arranger that's what i like to do take a song and then arrange it nice chords and whatever but yeah i did this uh oh back i would say 20 years ago um in the 90s sure yeah and uh, right around 2000 or something um but yeah I, if i went to italy of course, I'd want to see almost all of it, right? Of course. But I'm Marche, I'm Marchigiano and Abruzzo and Trieste, where, where my fam family is from. Um, Montegallo, uh, where the Cicchini and uh, Rocca Rossa, which is the Abruzzi section. All of this is not, that area is not super far from Rome, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, Montegallo is... It would be interesting for me to go there for sure because it's near Ancona. I probably could fly in Ancona, uh, but it's it's like 50 miles, I think, from Castle Fidardo, which is the home of the accordion, okay? Um, and that, that's where the, they still have factories there, maybe not as many as they used to. Um, and then up north, they have Stradella, which is a, a region, a, a town. Um, and I think that may be closer to Trieste. That's where my mom's side's from, way up north on the border of uh, Slovenia. Uh, but for sure, I would like to do the Italy thing eventually. Um, I won't. I mean, if I get a seminar, I will. But to, for me to go on my own, I won't do it. Um, but uh, And there's so many beautiful regions. of. of I, I don't know much about France. I mean, I know the south of France. I would love to go there. To see yeah, that, sure. uh, to see Monte Carlo, you know, just, you know what, that's all because of when I was a kid watching the James Bond movies, right? <laughs> the great, no, really, the great escapes of, uh, the movie sucked, really, but it was, I was attracted to the, um, the, uh, where they went, you know, the locations all over, uh, think about it, Asia, Africa, they went everywhere in those James, <clears throat> excuse me, in the James Bond movies. And for an inner city kid at Cleveland, that was like a vacation for me, getting away, watching the, getting lost in the movies. But I'm so happy that you went. Uh, you know, it, it's it's great. I mean, sure, I'm sad that it was a spur of the moment thing where you really couldn't plan it out. And it would have been nice if it was nicer weather and you could have been there maybe a little bit longer. But we, we sure we sure missed you here, man. Uh, you know. And glad to have you back. I mean, Martin wept. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, who who doesn't? Well, when you're well, and then twice as much when he came back. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I meant. You know, you he wept when he found out you were coming back. Um, we were kind of hoping with your looks, 
and especially being in the Louvre, that they may have wanted you to stay and pose, you know, for the artist in residence or something, and preferably a sculpture that would take a lot longer to do. Um, you should have looked into that, Joe. Like, well, like I said, yeah, I think they got the vibe that, you know, I wanted to just be a regular guy this time around. And I really should have, yeah, tried to, you know, but I didn't want to like, you know, you, you exploit my celebrity to like get any special perks or anything like that. And, um, but yeah, next time. And there were, there actually were <laughs> going through the Louvre that there were classes, you know, there are art classes. You could see them sketching away, looking at um, uh, different works of art and, and, and practicing. So it was very cool in that regard. But yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, like I said, they're known for uh, grabbing works of art from other countries. So I'm, I'm very lucky I wasn't abducted, honestly, and put you know well, on display. I, uh, the, uh, England is battling. Uh, I forgot what country now over that they want their. This has been one of those deals. They'll let you exchange the artwork, and then it goes ten years, hundred years, two hundred years. Now I want my stuff back. Um, I remember seeing the Magna Carta when I was a kid. In Cleveland, it was making a United States tour, um, which was phenomenal to see that because Martin may not be all keen on American history, but you know our uh, <laughs> our no our our country, you know, like many um, democracies, is based in part on on that uh, on that document. And then when I went to Washington D.C. back in the '90s, I think it was, um, I got to see. Uh, them repairing the uh, Betsy Ross, the flag, the American flag. And I was startled at the size of Betsy Ross flag. Okay. Because, you know, being a kid, I just thought it was a little flag like this, you know, it, it wasn't. So th that was interesting. Um, and of course I saw the, uh, the uh, declaration of independence and, and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, you know, the world does have a lot of things. But now you're you admitted that you're a touristy guy, so I'm not right. So I like the off off the beaten path. Um, I, I'm really, I mean, yeah, I want to see the Eiffel Tower and all of that, uh, or I want to see the Colosseum in Rome, and I want to see, you know, the Parthenon in Greece and, and and what have you, the pyramids. But for the most part, yeah, I'd like to tie up with a local and just have. Uh, him or her just take me like a normal day in Bay, you know, in wh wherever we're at, you know, uh, a normal day in Cairo, you know, show me what you do in, when you're in Cairo or Rome or, 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 you know, Palermo, if I'm in Sicily, be interesting. Martin, yeah, take also, us to Poland. Uh, well, yeah. But the other thing that you touched on that it's actually kind of fun is like sometimes they'll change these um, exhibitions and they'll bring stuff to you from some other part of the world that can be kind, kind of interesting. I went to see like an Egyptian exhibit here in the Museum of Natural History um, in Chicago. And it was quite interesting. It had a lot of like artifacts from, from like, you know, ancient Egypt when they were inventing how to make beer. Like I thought that was kind of cool. And then like the <laughs> Chicago um, has this pretty famous submarine that was uh, completely recovered, like a U-boat that is actually on permanent exhibit here in Chicago, but they did lend it out. It was gone for a couple of years when they, you know, shipped it off to like Bremen, I think, to Germany. And that's also like a really good exhibit. So like, you don't really have to travel to see good museum quality stuff. And I think to your point, like when you travel, there is an opportunity to take in like the local kind of culture more on a granular level of the 
uh, off the beaten track. Well, like when Joe and I went to Cleveland, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take him away from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this, that, whatever. Go where you're never going to get a chance to go, to to areas, to neighborhoods, to to see things. Um, and and that's kind of what I do when certain people come to train as, with me in Chicago. Those that are interested in in sightseeing, um, sure, I would take them to the what used to be the Sears Tower. Um, if that's what they want to do or the the riverboat, but I like to take them to the neighborhoods to see the architecture of Chicago and things like that, mob tours and whatever, you know, um, just different stuff. But yeah, no, it, it's a pipe dream for me. It probably won't come true. You two guys have been all over. I mean, Europe or wherever. I mean, Joe's been a lot of places and stuff. Um, but I know not as many as you probably, Martin, but, you know, being from Europe, you know, you, you do have the option of traveling a little bit easier than, than we do from here, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, – so you did send me a video or you showed me a video, Joe, of a street a guy busking for nickels and dimes or whatever they call it over there, playing the accordion. He sounded good. Yeah, that was totally Sasha, by the way. She totally found it. I'm like, I got to find an accordion player for Tony, you know. She did, so- man. And she's yeah, like, give her a big me. hug and a kiss for me, please. I mean, yeah, like yeah, a, she's like a, never far from her mind, of course. You know, no, she always I mean, has, no, the, she was the, I mean, the elderly and the infirmed. She, like, you know, she always had a thing, you know, she always cared about her grandparents. And that yeah. obviously goes to you as well. And, sure. um, uh, uh, but yeah, so she, she we were on actually, we, this dude was playing on the oldest bridge in, um, Paris. It's called like Pont, Pont Neuf, like New Bridge, but it was the new bridge at the time. Now it's the oldest bridge. It's right on, there's like an island in the Seine River that where the um, Notre Dame is. So he had got a, a choice spot, you know, for the tourists. But we were walking, heading towards the Louvre. And she's like, Joe, you hear it? That's an accordion. She grabbed me because, you know, I, I was like totally distracted looking at other stuff. Awesome. So, we went over. so she, yeah, that was a save on her part. And we went over there and filmed the guy. Um, yeah, it was very cool. And yeah, I wish I could have like spoken with him a little bit more clearly. You know, I said, I've I got this guy back in uh, Chicago who claims he can play, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. you know but well, um, there's you know, a kid. Well, he's not a kid anymore. He's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe in his 30s now or late 30s. He was a world champion. His name is Jerome Richard. OK, it would say it sounds like in America, like Jerome Richard. Right. Hmm. Um, uh, now he plays a button accordion, which is different than this. I'm not saying he cannot play this. But he's a button accordionist, world champion, uh, classical. You know, we had Corey Pesatoro on here. Well, the world championship that Corey entered in classical music, well, this guy won it. Um, mm. He is a ferocious player, sen- sensational player. Um, so I would have definitely, if I was in, in France, I would have tried to l- look him up. Um, for me, I don't didn't expect you to do it. but um, And there's others. And there used to be some tremendous jazz accordionists and probably the most famous jazz accordionist and and arguably one of the best if not the best currently is richard galliano um and he he's played with everybody went marsalis and oh everybody um but he may be on tour right now who knows but that would have been definitely a guy that i would have liked to have met not even just not even to hear him play but just to meet him talk to him introduce myself to him and, and all of that uh that would have been a that would have been great and of course uh you know 
he's I don't know how old he is, but he's probably 70. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but he's he's a lot old. He's older than me for sure. But yeah, no, it's just uh while you were gone, no, Martin and I we talked about fights and you know, I did a couple seminars Saturday. Martin was at the one and then Sunday at the Krav. Both were excellent um seminars. Uh Sunday seminar, I told him straight out. You're not going to see one submission. You're going to learn how to fight. You're going to learn how to control a man, how to move, how to you know, escape. And it was actually this past weekend's two seminar. They were they were enjoyable for me because um, Saturdays we did toe holds because Jason Bender wanted to see all about the toe holds. I think Martin and I discussed this, but yeah, it's just uh, you missed out on a couple of good seminars, Joe. But you'll be at the next one on. Coming up on the what is it the four uh, the twenty first like the Saturday one whatever it is, um. But yeah, no, we're just you know I'm just cruising. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this weather. Um, and you know, they they were saying this is like a once in a lifetime snowstorm or storm, which turned out to be bullshit. Um, it's cold. It was eleven below today. Without the 35, 37 windshield negative, but we've had cold. I've been in colder weather, you know, e- even recently. Um, we hardly. Yeah, this is not uncommon. Snow. Huh? This is not uncommon. And no, I was this actually is nothing. talking about this to a friend of mine who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. The temperature didn't go below 26, but he said if you listen to the news, it was like the apocalypse was coming. Yeah, right. Oh, we were supposed to get all this snow. We literally. I don't know how much we we got. I mean, we're we're talking uh, an eighth of an inch, a quarter of an inch. I know some of it's blowing, but I didn't even shovel. There's there's no reason to shovel. I didn't go out today, but tomorrow when I start my car, I'll just brush it off. There's hardly any iron. But yeah, no, it's um makes me hark back to the 70s when I was a kid in Cleveland, which Cleveland gets worse, far worse snow than Chicago. Um and it's like man, we, this this would have been today's weather would have been nothing okay uh at all we would have had school they wouldn't have shut school down or anything for a day like this but i guess you're right martin certain areas maybe montana dakotas or areas that are used to having it 50 degrees this time of the year uh they were in for a surprise but yeah i don't think it was that bad anywhere because, you know, I always gauge it by uh, how is like the mail delivery. And I, I got all my mail. They didn't miss a beat. I got mail yesterday. I got mail this morning. So how, how bad can it be around here? Like it's, it's nothing. Every, every truck gets through, no problem. All the letter carriers are going on. So this is like, I think there's a hunger on the news for the next sensational story. And even if it's going to be lame, they're going to hype it up. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, and it's a thankless job a lot of times with meteorology. And they and they've saved lives, no doubt, with early warnings. So, uh, but yeah, in this case, I just had a gut feeling. I don't know. I again, I am not a meteorologist. Too bad we didn't have Corey Pesatoro on here. Uh, he knows a lot about meteorology. Uh, but no, I, I just didn't think it was going to be all that. I kept looking, 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 and then I started. I was going on different websites yesterday. This is, uh actually Wednesday even. And they were all different. 
Okay, everyone was telling for my area a complete different forecast. One said it's going to be snowing nonstop around the clock. Another one said one hour and then no snow for eight or nine hours and then another snow for one hour. That one turned out to be probably the most accurate. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's just cold. That's all. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I hate Al Roker. Because I, I feel like this is kind of a, a job that's long outlived its usefulness because you can go and punch up any place in the world on the internet and get accurate weather at any given point in time. But I think that's the kind of job that l- depends on hyping up these events because people want to see what it's going to be like. And then you hear about how it's going to be in Montana. And then if you look up Montana, it turns out that it's pretty average for what happened over there. Or it's pretty average for Chicago. And we're on the news. That's like, oh, my God, it's going to Chicago is going to freeze over. Well, it always does. This is kind of the normal way things go around here. And we don't shut down. No. And, you know, the last I mean, when I moved here in 2014, the second week of February, we had our second worst snow in the history of the, of the city, of, of the area. It was tremendously bad. But for the most part, our winters have not been, you know, we'll get one or maybe two days of a lot of snow. Um, it, it, so there, there is probably something to that climate change. It, it, it isn't as bad as it was. But because I remember in Cleveland growing up, it was bad. Uh, every winter, you know, we just knew we were going to have some shit. You mentioned Al Roker, and that's funny because he got his start in Cleveland. All right. Now, he may have started it technically at a smaller gig but his first major gig was cleveland ohio he was one of the weathermen that i was i guess you could say raised with raised on but we hardly watched him because he wasn't well regarded um i'm i don't even know if he was a true meteorologist he may have been i don't know but we had a guy named dick goddard who was our um tom skilling like we have skilling out here we had dick goddard who sadly passed away a year or so ago from he caught covid he was he was, he was already retired but he was our guy. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned uh, Al Roker because, you know, then he, I move out here and then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he made it big, you know, he, he made it in New York and, you know, that's, that's where they all aspire to go, I guess. Um, but yeah, meteorology, you know, it's come a long way. I mean, I can actually remember uh, when they got Doppler radar and how uh, as, for, as far as for meteorology and how they built that up. Like, I mean, they had a whole sh- like 30 minute segment on the news about, I mean, they pretty much halted the, the, the news broadcast to talk about, Hey, we're building up a Doppler radar. Let's explain what this is going to do and how it's going to enhance your life because we're going to have the next level of technology to predict storms and, you know, track things and, you know, um, so I, I can I can remember that. What do you, you have any input on the weather there, Joe? Yeah, it's cold out. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, well, but you have a warm heart, Joe, and and they know that in France. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but yeah, yeah. For me, the 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 the, the win, winners. I mean, we bitch and moan about it. We all do. I mean, but we're still here. I got to tell you, and I'll say this, and I've said this probably on another broadcast, um, the beautiful seasons that the Midwest has, okay? Uh, well, I can specifically talk about Cleveland and Chicago because I spent my whole life out here. 
in, in these two towns. But the change of seasons is really wonderful. And I think it makes us appreciate, like for me, I live for March only because I love April, all right? Because April is opening day traditionally for baseball and it's started spring. So March is like, okay, I got 30 days um, or 31 days um, to get everything prepared for for the coming summer, you know? Uh, and I don't know if you lived in California or Arizona or Florida, you know, if you would get, if you would get that, that cranked, it's, you know, cause I saw just something today. Uh, I believe it was an interview with Roger Moore, uh, who at the time was living in Spain. And the interviewer asked, she asked him, you know, what it, how did he like it? And he's like, it's, it's marvelous. 320 days a year, you have sunshine and great weather, warm weather. You know, okay, so he has 40 days, 40 five days of, of rain. But so do you get, you know, obviously he got spoiled. Um, I would assume you would get spoiled with, with the weather. And I know that certain areas like Phoenix that I've been to, you know, that, that region, it gets too goddamn hot in the summer. You can't do anything. I can't, I can't handle that kind of hundred plus degree heat. So I, I really like, I like to change the seasons. I have mixed feelings about that. I think I like winter, especially like now during the holidays, it, it works. The, you know, obviously the the shorter days, so it's dark out, so all the lights and the snow, like in this case, we're actually having going to have a white Christmas, which is nice. Uh, but like your point about March, by the time we're somewhere in the middle of February heading into March, I am more than done with it. It's like I yeah. like a shorter winter. It just it seems to drag on so goddamn long. But I love, you know, spring and fall are awesome. Uh, you know, summer, of course, I don't even, we can get some hot stretches here too. Now it seems like our summers have been hotter. Like it just seems like starting in June now, we get a lot of days in the 90s, which is unfortunate. When I was a kid, it always seemed like June was kind of a constant 70s around here. It was like a perfect month. Uh, but now we seem to get a lot of like 80s, 90s, and it just doesn't let up until sometime in September. But well, still, I want to just interrupt and, and throw something out there to interrupt momentarily. Next week, we're supposed to be in the in the 40s here, okay? Starting, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're in the mid to high 40s next week. So that's a wonderful thing. My point is we're going to round out this year with hardly any bad weather, okay? so Well, in essence, no bad weather. Um, so we're going to have to face just – in my opinion, just two months, January and February. March, we may have a couple of weeks that are bad. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, so I can live with that. But to your earlier point about being spoiled or not appreciating it. So I did live in California for, it was only like nine months, honestly. Um, but what really happens is you stop talking about the weather, caring about it. It's like not an issue. You know, like you don't have to be like, Oh, is it going to be shitty today? Or are we going to get snowed on? Like, you don't talk about it. It's going to be nice out probably. I mean, it might be a little bit cooler. You might need a little jacket. But you stop. It stops being kind of in your mind. Like, it just seems to be a constant part of your calculation here of like, oh, here comes winter. Or, you know, like, it's just, it's a, because it's, there's such significant changes, you're definitely aware of it. And obviously there's the negative side of it. But to your, your point, 
when spring really hits, like when you have that first 70 degree day, whenever it is in April or May, man, that's euphoric. Like, you know, I've been in the city when that hits and especially if that hits on like a weekend when the first day, everybody's out, like the, the everybody's come out of their house, you know, like people are just out on their roller baits, walking their dogs. It's, it's it, The city becomes crazed because you've been pent up for so long, you know, and it really like I said, you get that high almost, you know, like they talk about seasonal depression, but the flip side of that is when, when it turns nice, it is, you. And, and I, and I don't remember, you, you do kind of miss that. At least I did, you know, when you stopped caring about the weather, when it was always nice, it, you know, you just started worrying about other parts of your life, which is kind of an unfortunate, like, uh, part of like the human condition where you, you don't appreciate when it's nice, because if it's always nice, you'd start worrying about your, you know, bills or whatever, instead of saying, holy shit, this is a beautiful day out. You know, when it hits in Chicago, you're like, it's a great weekend. I've got to go out. You know, I'm going to be outside, whether I'm mowing my lawn or whatever, I'm going to make sure I'm outside. And whenever I have nice weather, take advantage of it. So, uh, there's something to be said for that, that it does make you appreciate, you know, the, the yeah. other teams. It makes us more better fighters, more well-rounded fighters, because we have to learn to fight in different conditions. Um, although, you know what, I shouldn't even say that because there's a lot of people, probably the vast majority don't change the way they fight because they don't actually train outdoors. You know, they still train inside. But, yeah, you have to learn how to... <clears throat> How to alter the way you fight when you're on snow or when you're on ice or, uh, you know, heavy downpour of rain. Uh, and, yeah, I know that, like, California has the earthquakes and, you know, the, the uh, there's, what do you call it, uh, hurricanes and tropical storms. And, uh, you know, we have tornadoes. and you, you, So you have those. You're, you're always, but those are, well, like the hurricanes, you, you normally have, you have warning of, of that. An earthquake, probably you don't um that much but and tornadoes yeah that can you know that they, they, they can happen in the spur of the moment i was involved in a tornado um out here actually not i don't know how long ago that was 10 12 years well more than 10 years ago probably 13 14 years ago we could probably look it up um i think it touched down in schiller park or franklin park because or, or river grove because i was in elmwood park so it was one or two towns over, man. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like cool weather, okay? I, I, I like 70s. Uh, 50s to 70s is fine with me. I don't like it when it gets hot, super hot. I've had heat stroke twice, so I'm very susceptible. It just gas. I just can't deal with the extraordinary the heat. Um, and yes, I've been to Phoenix when it was over 100 degrees. And I passed out doing a seminar. I just couldn't deal with the heat. You know, I can't handle it. I don't want to hear this. Oh, it's dry heat. It doesn't matter. To me, it's it's hot. It's it's really really hot. What about you, Martin? Are you good with the weather? All different temperatures? No, I I would like it to be warm all year round. Uh, but um, I think what Chicago does very well is that it keeps moving on, right? So like. We really don't skip a beat when it gets cold. Like things are yeah. still open, nothing's closed. All your stuff gets here. You can still go anywhere you want. And like, really, the weather is not as much a consideration these days as like, you know, street crime or something like that. Like the weather is kind of consistent. It is what it is. There's other things that have gotten worse about Chicago. 
Well, such as? Well, like crime and traffic. Like traffic has gotten absolutely brutal. And I think part of it is because there's a whole bunch of capital projects going on. Um, I mean, for people that don't know Chicago, we had a major exchange being reconstructed for about 10 years. They finally finished it. And I was on it on the weekend and I was still stuck in traffic. (laughs) But Tony, this isn't anything new, right? You remember like um, when I was still living in the suburbs, there is another uh, well-known constraint on the uh, I-90 called the Hillside Strangler. It's near the town of Hillside. Yeah, 290. And they've rebuilt that too. Yes, they've rebuilt that too. And they still haven't fixed the problem. So because they just moved it up a a, a mile. (laughs) Right. That's all. <laughs> right. They've added lanes to the uh, Jane Byrne exchange as well, but they've added them in places where it's not really clogged. So it's still clogged right through the middle. Well, uh, you know, I something I, I went and got an oil change the other day and the mechanic, he's only here temporary or the, uh, the office manager, what do you want to call him? Temporarily here from, he lives Lakeview. Okay. So that's a long drive out. So he wants to move. He wants to move, but like to Palatine or something or Arlington Heights. So he doesn't have to hit the traffic because I told him, yeah, when I go to Chicago from here, I normally get off on Cumberland on I-90 or not Cumberland, but uh, Harlem or Nagel. So I miss it. I get off right before all the traffic going downtown sets in. So literally there's more traffic out here where I live because of new home construction and all of that jazz than I run into in the city. But again, you, Martin, you're further in, you're, you're, you're closer to the lake. You're, you're, you're almost downtown. Uh, I go to the Northwest side. So I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky, but yeah, even out here, Martin and and Joe, the, the construction, the roads, and it's going to get worse in a year or so because there's an artery called route 31. It's a single lane, both, both directions. They're going to widen that. Now, that's going to shut that that road down for probably a year and a half, two years. I don't know. Um, but no, I'm just psyched that you went to Europe. You know, I've, I've, I've never been to Europe and uh, you know, that people are surprised to hear that, that people that know me personally, because I'm, I'm pretty ethnic. I'm pretty, uh, pretty Italian. And they're like, you've never been. And I've always wanted to go. I said, you know, if I'm with somebody, a chick, you know, her and I'll go. It, it didn't never, it just never worked out. I mean, um, but yeah, I'd love to do seminars in in Europe. I, I mean, that would be like for me, that would be like cool to do a European, European tour while I, while I'm still able to, you know, still do it. <laughs> oh, hopefully. Hi. Sorry, guys. I'm going to sign off because uh, the natives are getting restless. I've got a full house. Well, Martin, great to see you again. On. Have a Merry Christmas, Martin. Yeah, thank you we'll for chat before out. New Year's. We'll do a podcast before New Year's. All right. Ciao. Dobranos. See you later. Dobranos. That means good night in Polish. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't even mind going to Poland. I mean, wouldn't mind. I, I, would, I, would, I would love to go to, to uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a traveler, you know that, and it's hard for me because with my memory, I, I don't like. I wouldn't want to travel alone. Uh, I get all lost and confused and shit. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that 2023 we even get some low, you know, national, get back out like I used to do all those seminars around the country here uh, in America. 
you know, we just got to probably reach out to these schools somehow uh, and, and get it going. Otherwise that's it. You know, um, no, no point in going on if, you know, no, no, no point in keeping the business going if nobody wants to, you know, use your business. So uh, I just keep adding on it. You know, it's, we're all getting older and you don't want somebody, you don't want to bring somebody like me or anybody when they're shot. Okay. When they're completely gone, you know, and unable to do anything. Um, I still live, I still fight the good fight. I still try to keep stay in shape. Um, you know, working on like here at the house, I work on my weight. Um, I'm going to start soon to get, you know, I got, I got a doctor. I got two more doctor's appointments coming up, but after that's done, I want to get back into, you know, lifting, um, and, and, and getting righteous. Uh, I, I, you know, unfortunately what, you know, taking care of my mom all those years was, was this set me back decades. I mean, you know, more than, you know, like for every year I took care of her, it set me back. It seems like twice as long. So now, you know, I'm just trying to get it back and losing the gym with Kevin getting killed uh, in 2017 was the nail in my coffin. Um, so that just, you know, uh, but you can't, it's over now. That's all in the past. So you got to move forward. Now my mom is set. I got to move forward and no better time than 2023. Correct, Joe? Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely anybody who's looking for a seminar, reach out to us. We're trying like basically we are reaching out to people and trying to set up a schedule for the year. Uh, besides our ongoing monthly ones at Bender's Martial Arts and Fitness in DuPage, Krav Maga. Uh, but that'd be very exciting yeah, to like hit some of our other ones. And you and I should talk offline how we want to, you know, what our parameters are and things like that and kind of revisit that. So we Yeah, we will. Uh, we we need to do um, this before you know, too long within the next, you know, couple of weeks, you know, and get it kicked off for the first of the year. Um, I, uh, I'm also toying around with the idea, although this will not really work in a broad sp thing, but offering zoom like fitness, but again, that would be, I mean, I can only, I would only be able to do a handful of people because, you know, I would be doing one at a, one person at a time and depending on their, their availability and mine. So that might only be an option for less than 10, let's call it 10 people um, to do an hour once a week, every week. Uh, and um, that's something that we could throw out there, like what I do with Martin. But again, that would be, just a small amount of people, you know, I wouldn't think more than 10 because of the, you know, the scheduling. Yeah. It's an amazing opportunity. I mean, to get kind of personalized custom instruction without having to travel. I mean, I can't think of a better bargain, honestly, you know, you can do it literally from the comfort of your own home, you know, or work out with your training buddy, you know, if you have a setup, so that would be awesome. And people should jump on that if they can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and um, kind of to your point, people who are willing to travel, and I was going to kind of come back to this earlier. I, I mean, I hundred percent agree with you. If you have someone local who can show you around, you know, like seeing Cleveland and going to Cleveland with you was ten times more interesting than if I had done the touristy stuff. I mean, we did do a bunch of touristy stuff too, like you know, we did the Terminal Tower, which was awesome, and you know, a couple other things. But um, it's so much more a richer experience when you can 
really see the, the the real city and or the community and and get immersed in that. And, and if someone came to train, they'd get that opportunity. So it's kind of like a a, a double you know benefit. I mean, Chicago is a world class city. You know, uh, whatever your interests are. You know, like Martin was saying, we've got museums of all kinds. Uh, you know, high, great dining, uh, great architecture, neighborhoods, theater. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities that you could uh, enjoy while you're here, while you're training. Yes. So, and uh, they have the rural thing now where I live here in the rural. So we could do both. We could hit Chicago. We could train, hit Chicago, come back here. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, but again, the, these are things that have to be scheduled. And I can't take a thousand people in, you know, I, I need people who are committed, who are going to sign up for either the three day or the five day. Um, you know, I shut down the tri C program. If somebody's interested in something like that, um, where they're, they're dead serious. Um, you know, you have to reach out to me. You know, part of the reason I shut down the tri C was because of my mother, you know, uh, it was just getting to be too much not practical for me. And uh, that's no longer the situation, you know? Um, so again, we, I hear people tell me I'm joining or I'm signing up for training. I don't want to hear it. Just do it. Okay. And I don't mean to sound mean, but you don't know what it's like. And it's one of the reasons that I quit teaching too. I got tired of that, those, those, that bullshit you know, of saying they're going to do it and then they don't. Cause then I say, okay, I'm going to block this out. This, this is for you. Cause again, I can't take a million people in and then they, they fall away or they want to trust me, Tony, I'll pay you. And then they never pay me. Okay. That kind of, that kind of jazz. So that, that's just not good for my health. It's not good for my, you know, if you're not going to come out and train and nobody's going to, study with me fine i'll shut it all down i'll shut the website down you can all go you know to hell as far as i'm concerned if that's the way you're going to mislead me and i'll get a job like anybody else i'll try you know it's hard at my age but i'll i'll do what i can that way but don't mislead someone now it's different if you're you know if you're getting ready to join uh and then a month later something happens well you know we 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 can work around that but you you've got it if you're going to join join um, it's just, I put up with it for decades now. All right, this isn't something that just happened recently. You know, this Joe for years and years, I've been listening to, Oh, I'm going to, some people do sign up and they come out and train and that's great. But others, they talk, talk, talk. They lead, you know, don't hire, you know, don't, don't, don't let anybody else sign up. I'm going to do it. No, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I would never do that to you. All right. I would never tell you I'm going to do something. My word is bond. So uh, again, unless something devastating happens to you, but let's just see, let's just see what happens, man. You know, we do this pretty much every year, you know, but um, I will be sending out an email probably right after the holidays. Although my email list is very small. Um, I just don't get the traffic to my website. Don't know why. Uh, but you can reach out on uh, uh, um, social media. And if we have anybody else that would be willing to like 
mail out whatever I mail you and send it out to your students or, or subscribers, that would be great. Um, just to try to get the word out, you know. No, for sure. Yeah. Let's make a 2023 a good one. And, you know, I don't want to be in a kind of head in a negative direction, but I think it's a very important point to stress to people that just in all regards of your life, you know, if you're not, if you're not sure you're going to do something, don't say you're going to do it because that just, it sets people's expectations up and it's inconsiderate, I guess, you know, they're not, because they're not taking into account the impact on the person they're talking to, you know, and they may in some level be sincere about, but just, I guess, do a reality check with yourself and say, is this real? Am I going to be doing this this year? Or is this, is this a maybe? Because if it's a maybe, maybe hold off saying something until you're certain, you know, because <laughs> you're just kind of, yeah, if you're stringing somebody along that in whatever regard, whatever, you know, not even related to this, it's just, um, it, you know, it, it, it can be harmful. Um, well, I can tell you, and I've said this to people like musician, like when I was a musician, um, if you're going to hire, let's say you're going to hire, you're, you're going to have a band, you're getting married, you're going to have a reception at a hall. You got to put a down payment on that hall right away. Okay. Now, if the, if the wedding falls through, you don't even get your down payment money back from, from the hall, but you know, you want to get married June 1st, you got to book it. You got to pay for it. Uh, and, and same with the band. Okay. You put a deposit on the band. Um, and that's it. So the band is going to play June 1st and it's a non-refundable deposit because, you know, they've taken themselves off the calendar. They're not going to play anywhere else. Uh, and that's just how it works. Um, you know, that's just, that's just business. It's, it's not even anything personal. It's just, it's business. Um, and it's trip. It's seven times worse for me. And I'll explain why seven. Because if you're telling me you're going to come out here for, let's say, five to seven days, man, that's a whole week that I've just taken out of my life, okay? If I had a job, a day job, which I can't because I wouldn't be able to offer this kind of training, I mean, I'd have to, you know, you know so now I have a whole week that I, I got zero income now. And if this happens over and over and over, or somebody promises me a seminar in May, and then they fall through. Now, I mean, all of a sudden, it's three, four, five months without a penny of income. Now, nobody can live like that. You know that. Um, so that's why it's, you know, I, I've always told people, I will not hold a spot anymore. You, if, if you're going to sign up, sign up. If I don't hear from you in a few days, you know, that's it. You're, you're, you're off the list. Um, but some now and then somebody writes me a few times and, they seem to be really sincere, and I said, okay. And as it turns out, 90% of the time, they're not, okay? But, yeah, I won't, I won't have any more of that happening in 2023. You're either going to sign up for the training. I mean, you can write me and ask me questions about the training all you want. That's fine, you know, but if you say you're going to sign up, okay, let's just do it. Hang up, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and sign up. It, it's 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 tough, but that's just the way it, it you know just has to be that way, you know. But yeah, and I think that that uh, that's part of the message to get out there is that you know you may think you're if you're uncertain, it's better not to say that you're going to do something. You know, and then to not say anything. You know, like, to your point, 
because I'm sure there's people who are, you know, a lot of people out there um, who have a lot of interest in what you do, but it's for whatever reason, it can't go down. Just wait till you can make that commitment before you start saying things, because it does has a, does have an impact. And, uh, you know, you may t think of it as just kind of a casual comment, but uh, just think twice about it before you say something like that. Um, and I did want to say, by the way, because you did put a Christmas message out on social media and you got a lot of uh, Merry Christmases back and we love you, coach. Uh, I don't think you you know, because I know you don't get on social media very often, but I just want to. At all. You know, yeah. That you, yeah. You, I don't get on a social media whatsoever. Uh, never. So Joe posts for me or in, in lieu of Joe, maybe somebody else would do it. I don't do the social media and I and I won't. Um, and. No, I, I've I've had enough of it year through the years. I have an email. I have a website. So you know, if some, people are more than free to email me, you know, and I'll respond to to that. Um, but yeah, I just don't even have a, a, a what do you call it, a, a Facebook? Any nothing, just the business thing. And I've never even been on an Instagram. I've never been on a TikTok or any of these other things um, or Twitter. No, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't do it. It's just not me. But, um, yeah, the message was from you. I, you know, it was, you know, you sent that. Yeah. To me and the I, message I was from me. That. So, you know, if anything says it's from Tony, it's Tony's words. And, yeah. It's my words, and, but I don't, I'm not the guy that posts yeah. on it. Yeah. Just so people know. And, um, yeah. I'm like, and I, I did send out a mass email to everybody that I do. I do my email list. And again, I try not to send emails often. I send maybe three or four a year because I don't, I hate spam emails or just emails, not even spam, but just like I'll buy a car part or something. And then I get hit with all these emails. Um, so I try not to do that. You know, I sent one out uh, for like a black Friday sale and then just a Merry Christmas. I'll do one for new year's, but uh, you know um, it's, I'm old school that way, you know, just reach out, you know, send an email. Uh, that's fine, but I, I do, I do. You just tell everybody I care about them. I, I have, I've trained so many great people through the years, thousands really, when you factor in seminars and so on, and many we lose touch. Um, but some, but some people are still in my thoughts. You know, many, many more than I know even how to get a hold of. You know, um, there's so many that I don't know how to get a hold of anymore. That, but that doesn't mean that I'm not thinking of them and. All of them, you know, just so many happy thoughts. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I've been lucky in that regard. You know, I never made money doing it, but, you know, I, I made a lot of good friends. And I guess, you know, money can't buy you that. I mean, some of the people that I've met have been just world class, like yourself or Martin or other guys, Brian Klaus. And just name, I can't I don't even want to start throwing names out because you forget names and then people get, oh, you didn't think of me. I think of so many people, uh, you know, guys from New York, uh, the Dungeon Crew, okay, uh, guys from uh, up the New England states, people that I met down in Florida, people from Texas, people from California, people from uh, Nevada and Arizona, and you name it, you know, um, all over Florida, you know, it's just so many that I've met through the years that, uh, and we kept in touch some, you know, through the years. Now we haven't, I haven't really been in touch with people. Oh, Hawaii, you know, Canada, my goodness. Um, but I, you know, you just, you, you, you know, time moves on and I'm not a very good guy for 
reaching out. You know, I kind of keep to myself, you know that I'm more like I keep to myself. So some some old, old people that, you know, I, we lose touch and and I, I can blame that on me because I just don't reach out, especially with the way things were in my life, all the negativity of, you know, that I've that I've gone through the last 10 years, especially, you know, getting divorced and, you know, my dog dying and my dad dying and Kevin getting killed and me losing the gym and my mom and on and on and on. It's like, you know, so many people have passed away in the last 10 years. My goodness, uh, 62 at last count for me since December 9th, 2012, not even counting before that. So um, especially the holidays are never good for me. My dad died on the 13th. My dog died on the December 13th. My grandmother died on the 29th. My my great friend, Jerry Cronin, Chicago cop, died on Christmas Day uh, and on and on. You know, Cowboy died on the 12th. Johnny Lira died on the 10th or the 9th. Uh, it just, uh so, you know, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize it was all clustered like that in December. That is messed. Oh, no, yeah. No, and I've left out others. You know, um, it just becomes, it's just ridiculous. Um, the amount of people, as I said, 62 people since um, December 9th, 2012 till now. Today's the, the 23rd, so let's just call it a rock solid 10 years. Not counting the people before that, like you know, uh, Uncle Vinny, that many guys that came out here and trained met, and 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 others. You know, I lost my second best friend, Bob O'Brien, a few years ago here. Not at Christmas though, but um, yeah, no, it just Uncle Vinny died November eighth. You know, right right around Thanksgiving. You know, not a couple weeks before that. So, um, but no, I I, I really want to get, I really want to train some people you know, three days, five day training sessions. I still have that up there. Um, or like I said, uh, a, a tri C thing, um, do it, just sign up. You know, I, I, uh, the sooner you sign up for any of it, you'll have your pick of the days of when you want to come, you know, uh, the time, I mean, you know, and yeah, you know, that's just all I can say. I'm going to be 59 in June. So, you know, it, 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 I'm getting up there. So I want to still be able to be functional. So, you know, I don't want to be rolled out, you know, in a gurney and, and you know, not being able to. No, because I was lucky with Rodvon, who was old, but in shape and strong and still able to do it. But I have done stuff with older athletes or former athletes. They just, I'm not going to drop names here, but they were not functional, okay? Um, They they couldn't do anything. Uh, They couldn't move, literally, okay? Um, And that's just not, you know, I don't want to, when it, if it gets to that point with me, I I have to quit, you know? Um, But yeah, it's, 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 it's tough because we're still at a, um, we still have to be able to demonstrate some things, okay, especially what I teach, because what I teach, really no one else unless they train with me is doing it like I do it, you know, with the pain and the all of that stuff. It, it, so it's not like how to swing a baseball bat. You know, there's tens of thousands of people that know how to do that and can do it. What we, we do is it's a niche, 
So there's there's not a lot of people left that can do it. So you got to feel it. You got to experience it uh, firsthand. Like you always say, you got to feel what Tony does. It makes a difference. And I want to continue to be able to do this as long as I can, but I, I can't end up homeless because, you know, I don't have any students, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I'll just reiterate that, you know, feeling is believing. And you may get a, you know, I think Tony's instructional videos really give you, he really breaks it down. Uh, but if you want to go that extra mile, you know, having that, having the coach put it on you gives you a whole new appreciation. You know, you may think you have it and it may work. You know, like I said, you've got 80% there from all the detailed instruction, but uh, you want to know just how bad it feels. I think I, I've repeated this story many times, but that was mind blowing. The first seminar I went to back at the old tool and die, you put some shit on me and it, like, it was life changing. Cause I was like, I didn't realize you could be hurt that bad, honestly. And, uh, and to me, it's working directly with you, uh, especially in person. I mean, that's a direct connection to the past, to that lineage, you know, um, you know, we had those sword guys on uh, Greg melee from, but there's, that's a dead lineage. They're trying to piece it together from manuscripts and things like that. They don't have any living instructors and they haven't had them for a hundred years, you know, or more. Uh, and so, you know, let's not get to that. You know, you want, you know, Tony is one of the few people, I mean, the only person, honestly, trained by Rod Von, you know? So, I mean, that's, you know, that specific lineage and the way, the brutality of the way Rod Von approached his wrestling you know, that's a one-off and um, it's fortunately we still have that connection right now. But like you said, time's running out. You don't know if you're going to get sick, get injured and your ability to apply those holds like they were done. Uh, it's going to be, could be diminished or not be there. And so the urgency is real. Uh, this is not marketing hype. I mean, part of the reason why I'm committed to this podcast and the Tony is to try and make sure that we get new people in to learn and take this to the next generation. Um, so hopefully if you're coming to train, I mean, come to train for yourself, first of all, to be able to defend yourself, but, um, hopefully there's people out there motivated to stick with it enough to be able to take these skills on to the next generation, you know? Um, so anyways, that's, that's my, uh, that's my preaching for the day. And it's the subtleties, you know, the things that are non-submissions. I got an email not too long ago. We're talking like within like two weeks. These submissions, Tony, you've opened up my eyes. They don't, these people aren't submitting anybody because they don't, you know, they're missing out on all the details. And that's exactly right. So many other styles don't, it's not the submission technique. It's the angles. It's the science. It's all of that. That's just not there. Um, and it never need, as far as when it went with catch wrestling or any uh, artistic style, you know, it was all about, um, Visual art, you know, let's make this look, you know, like, uh, you know, fancy or, but the real way of doing things, the real true fighting is it's, it's unseen. Okay. It's like sleight of hand. So it's like a card manipulator, a, 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 a card magician or, or a mechanic, a card cheat. Um, you don't actually see what it is they're doing. Okay. You don't even know what it is because it's so subtle. It's hidden. And that's how I approach fighting. The stuff that I do, the angles that I take, the little shifts, maybe quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch, 
just the slight little angles that aren't even addressed in all of my videos because there's just so many variations. These aren't being, nobody else is doing this. And I know that because I get emails from people telling me that this guy or that guy or this famous guy or this guy, they don't know it. They're not, their stuff doesn't work because they don't understand there's something lacking. And this is what it's all about. Um, these little things that make the difference, just like you're saying, the painful submissions aren't anything because of me, like I, I got extraordinary strength. It's the subtleties of where I grip the angle of attack that makes it unbeatable. That's the, it's these things and you've got to experience it. And yet, you know, you don't. And there's so many other people that just do everything, high rankers too. They do it differently than me, but they think there's, they do it the right way. They think their way is the right way. And when you ask them why, it's be, basically it's because of rote memory, because everybody else is doing it like that. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean it's the right way. Okay. Uh, that just means everybody's doing it that way. But yet the, the end is when you do it this way, it magnifies everything. It's so much more superior. It's so much blah, blah, blah. And that's just how it's like that in music too. You know, I've, I've known some really good musicians or, or let me put it, let me rephrase that. Good musicians. Then when they were exposed to really good, like virtuosos, it, it completely changed everything. And sadly, many of the musicians that I knew by the time they were exposed to the virtuosos it was too late. Okay. They, they were they were never going to get it now um so for those of you who are that it's not too late you know get a chance train with me or if, if you're into striking and you got a really good boxing gym go to that damn boxing gym okay learn from a from somebody like that that's training champion pro fighters boxers okay do it because there's so many subtleties to boxing all right that that um, many, let's call it, I don't want to say mixed martial arts gyms, but, you know, gyms that, you know, a conglomeration of arts, they're, they're not going to really address it, okay? Because they want the, they want the, uh, the flashier moves, the, the punch, the straight punches, the hooks, all that, all that jazz. But there's, there's details that you really have to learn, and it takes a long time to learn them. You're not going to learn them in a week. So... Yeah, that's my little speech on it, but I I just keep saying it over and over and over that like Martin's been sending me clips and I can see, oh man, this, this guy's got ability. He's got athleticism. He just doesn't have the proper instruction. He's missing out. You know, um, he's he's missing the bigger picture here. So I wanted to still be able to give that to people. So I hope I hope people reach out in 2023. Uh, I think it's imperative, um, but, you know, I've got to make a living. <laughs> you know, I got to put food on the table and I got to pay rent here. Uh, so I got to do what I got to do. And, and you may end up waiting and say, hey, I'm ready to come out. And I'll be like, sorry, I can't. I, I've, I've got another job. I got another gig going on and I can't, I can't blow a job for, you know, a full-time job for a three-day workout or something. So they got to jump on it. Absolutely. So you got, no. got anything to say in closing? 
No, I think this was a, you know, I was really happy to be able to share the trip. I was very fortunate and it was very cool. Um, and hopefully I do hope, you know, uh, sometime in the future, you do get that opportunity to travel and, and get to see Italy. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can do some seminars, uh, you know, not just throughout the country, but overseas would be awesome. And uh, yeah, just Merry Christmas, everybody, and have a happy holidays. And I do want everybody to have a Merry Christmas and, and a Hanukkah and a Happy New Year, although we'll do a podcast next week before New Year's. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it for you guys, too. You know, it's, we, we're not monetized, okay? We don't get a penny from YouTube. So it's not like we're doing this to get rich. We made zero money from this. We've lost money because we've invested in, in uh you know equipment and so on so we're doing it to to reach the people and and i know we're not reaching hundreds of thousands of people it would be great if we could but i don't even know how many people we're reaching but it, it matters to me because you're listening still and i know that you guys are getting stuff out of it because i hear about it i just heard about it the other day when i did a seminar with some guys like yeah, I watched, I listened to your once. I listened to your seminar. I didn't even know you were doing, or uh, I listened to your podcast. He didn't even know I was doing podcasts. He's like, my God, there's a lot of them to catch up on. I'm like, yeah, there's <laughs> over a hundred of them. But and in 2023, hopefully we'll we'll get more guests. Uh, of course, right now at the holidays, it's next to impossible. But we'll we'll line it up. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. You do you guys have meant a lot to me. And every time I want to really quit. And one of these days I will, you know, it's inevitable, but I keep thinking back of all the good people I've met. You know, I, I, I try to forget about the assholes that I met. I try to remember the good ones and, and there were a lot of them. So I want to thank all you guys. So anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.